said talk to me, damn it, or else I'm gonna throw you in the fire! You stupid bitch, you filthy slut! Did you fuck with me? If you've made it this far, you're a stupid bitch and a filthy slut! This is spoilers! (laughs) (laughs) Sorry, I really had to go over the top with that. It's my favorite line of the whole movie. (laughs) Hello, and welcome to spoilers. Actually, Pap, this is spooky spoilers, right? Spooky spoilers! Episode 2! And what season of spooky are we on? Their third year of doing spooky spoilers. Third year of doing spooky spoilers. Pappy, I've heard that some other pods have been picking up this uh, spooky trend. Well, I'm not going to say that we were the first pod to cover a scary movie, but we were one of the first. So, there you go. Descent. Well, patent pending. Tonight, we are covering the 1988 child classic. Am I allowed to say it, Josh? Don't do it. Don't do it. Child's play. (laughs) (laughs) We're on a list. (laughs) Starting now, we are on a list. Um, So, yeah, uh, we're kind of a middle-of-the-road crew tonight. Uh, I think there's going to be what? I think there's four of us. Jordan. We got the B team. <laughs> yeah, we're. I call it a B plus team. We're B plus. Spooky skeleton crew. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, uh, I think Jordan is busy with travels and or Fortnite, and Brett is watching someone probably scarier than Chucky himself, Aaron Rodgers, <laughs> Some a man who refuses psychopath. to. Talk to his family for no apparent reason. How many people? Anyway, will d- like, what's Chucky's body count versus the NFL's body count? Like, if you think about it, I mean, Chucky, pretty spooky. The NFL, spooky. <laughs> it's a but pretty low pl- body count for a serial killer. When you play in the NFL, you forget where you are. <laughs> <laughs> How do I start the car? <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> Uh, oh, my let's, knees. let's go around the table and introduce ourselves going from east to west. What questions shall we say? Um, I'll put it this way. Oh my God. <laughs> what? Still laughing about Pappy going over the top. <laughs> <laughs> we have to be... We have to be on, on, I mean, pretty much on level with this movie. All right, Josh? And I'll say this. Did you ever have a toy or something in your childhood that scared you that shouldn't have? Mm, I have an answer. Go, Mikey. Uh, yeah, this is Mikey recording from Goshen, Indiana. And it didn't belong to me, but uh, I have a great grandma. She's passed <laughs> away now. But she used to have this porcelain doll. That she used to keep in her basement that just sat on a chair. It just stared at you, right? No matter where you were. Oh my god, it had dead, lifeless eyes, but it looked like it was always staring at you. (laughs) This is the Lincoln painting of dolls. (laughs) Yeah, so it was one of those really creepy porcelain dolls like Annabelle or something. It was just sitting in a chair down in the basement and it just creeped me out so much. So I never like hung out in that basement. Decent. Pappy. Am I next? Yeah. Ooh, I never, oh, you want to go, Josh? If you're going east to west, I guess I would be. 
Well, if you have one, throw it in there. I thought you were stalling. No, no, no. This is, sorry. I think I'm a little more west of Mikey since I'm in Goshen. And I'm in Goshen when I'm in my kitchen, and I think Elkhart when I'm in my bedroom. But regardless, (laughs) uh, I had like a real just classic Mortimer-looking ventriloquist dummy when I was a kid. And it's kind of a cheat answer because it didn't... Why did you have that? (laughs) Yeah, were you raised were you the in the fifties? Why did you have that? <laughs> I did get it from my grandma's as well. It was like in their storage. I thought it was cool. I played with it for like two days, and then my only other memories <laughs> of it are my mom screaming. Joni set it on no, fire, screaming from other rooms, like stumbling upon it. <laughs> yeah, that's, those things are freaky. All right, well, I guess I'm next. This is Pappy recording from Louisville, Colorado. Um, I didn't have a toy or anything that scared me or any uh, inanimate object. Uh, I did watch Halloween 4, The Return of Michael Myers, whatever it is, The Curse of Michael Myers, when I was That's like a good one. six or seven on AMC, and it scared the bejeebus out of me. And that was like one of my <laughs> biggest fears was like Michael Myers coming in my house. So I think, Stevie, like, you saw this movie way too young too, right? And you kind of had a similar scarring yeah, experience i forget how it went like my cousin who i watched with is like seven years older than me and i think he got it from a friend who's like dad had rented it and it had to be back and like i watched this movie, child's play when i was five years old and it ruined <laughs> me like this is the first time i had watched this movie or a chucky movie since i was five years You're old younger than wow. andy like this yeah. really like attacked my senses when I was younger. <laughs> like seeing seeing Toy Story was a chore for me when I was a young man. <laughs> like just stuff like that freaks me out. And Mikey, I kind of have a similar story with you. You know my grandmother very well. When she had her house on the river, I was staying in one of the guest bedrooms and one of the guest bedrooms had like four porcelain dolls in it and it scared the mm. shit out of me. <laughs> For the longest time. I'm so happy she got rid of those things. And no matter, yeah, I, it's like no matter where know. you're at in the room, they're just staring at you. I don't know why those things exist if not for some evil purpose. <laughs> Was it just, just to <laughs> scare scare the shit out of grandchildren? It's the only thing I can think of. What's the purpose of the porcelain doll? Pure evil. Pure, pure evil. Well, to get into pure evil, um, this movie starts off, I mean... At a very point break type level, when you think about it, um, Josh, start us off. Uh, can you kickstart me a little bit? What is the very first thing we see as we enter in? We're in downtown uh, Chicago sure on are. a foot chase. It's law. Lo- it's it's. I mean, this is on this par is... with Keanu Reeves chasing sexy Swayze. Yeah. So, uh, <laughs> Detective Mike Norris uh, kind of is just running and suddenly shouts, "I've got the strangler." So that's like the first line of the movie. I got the strangler, Wombash and Van Buren! He's chasing this real scraggly looking dude who has a huge block, but he's like trashy and he's kind of trying to figure out like, is this guy a serial killer? Is he a druggy sort of dude? Like, obviously he's the strangler. That doesn't sound too good. But then... Basically, the chase and the gun chase leads to him getting shot once and kind of stumbling injured into a toy store. Ooh. Which, I'm a little confused. Like, is this 
an active manhunt for a serial killer? Did he rob a bank? Like, why does he have an accomplice? Like, what's... Why was he dressed like he was just at, like, a Fortune 500 meeting? I don't know. He was dressed real snazzy. (laughs) Is that, like, the Ted Bundy side of him? Like, what was going on? What what were your guys' theories as, as to what crime he committed? Because I've got a I've got a theory. Please hit us with it, Mikey. Well, first of all, we see him and he looks like a pedophile. Uh, <laughs> he's <laughs> alone. <laughs> Second, he's trying to he's trying to make it to this very creepy van. Ooh, true. He's trying to get away in a very blacked out van with no windows, uh, with his creepy friend. And uh, third. He wants to put his body inside of a, a boy. <laughs> he's <laughs> he's got all the makings of a pedophile. Uh, also, like he was like sweet talking Andy the entire time. Cause like even oh, yeah, before like, we ever weird. saw him talk, like he like be whispering shit to Andy. He's just practicing his worm tongue, man. He's uh Grandma. Well, Stevie, before you skip too far ahead with the plot, I'll finish out that little scene. But like, I wouldn't call it little. It's over the top. He he gets shot again, so he's like super hurt. But he kind of loses Detective Norris inside the toy store, and he's like, kind of like uh, Tim Roth in the backseat of Reservoir Dogs. He's like, I'm dying. I'm fucking shot. <laughs> I'm dying, man. And he knocks over. How does the cop? How does the cop lose him in a six by six room? <laughs> I was so confused. <laughs> He, uh, Prince Hampadink is not very smart. He falls to the ground and like yells something to the cop like, I'm going to get you and I'm going to get Eddie, who's his, his accomplice that ditched him. He's like, I'll get you no matter what. Did Eddie set him up? Is that how it went? I don't think so. I think he wussed out. Why would he want to kill Eddie? Eddie seems to be very sketched out later in the movie. Like he's paranoid. But that's again, if he's like a serial killer, why does he have a buddy? Like, like <laughs> I don't remember any, <laughs> any serial killer having a buddy. But bigger question on the scene, is this a net positive or net negative? Because we see him like inhabit the spirit of Chucky. But then like the rest of the movie feels like it could almost be playing it ambiguous until much later in the film. Like, is it Andy... Or is it Chucky who's committing these crimes? You know what I mean? Like, does it did it take away from the movie for you guys at all? This little opening. Oh, if we never saw this part, yeah. And just there was like a mystery like, around. Would you have like? Would you rather have like that scene have like been later in the movie? Well, so apparently, like one of the early versions of the script did just that. It didn't include this scene, and it was supposed to be ambiguous. Is it like Andy committing these crimes, or is it the doll? Like. If you start off the movie with this, then the audience just knows that it's supernatural. I have an answer for that. I think it's just a little more fun that it's not set up to be like, is Andy a murderer? So I don't know. Like it makes you like let go and enjoy the film. I think a little bit more that you're, that you are like in on the secret as a watcher. Mm. I think. Also, the character design of this doll. It's like, there's no way this thing isn't evil. <laughs> True. <laughs> For real. That's a really good point. What did you guys think of, though, when that guy started doing that, like, shaman chanting? It kind of came out when of nowhere. When he started doing Voodoo Child? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I started busting up laughing. I thought it was the funniest. I'm sure five-year-old me was like, what's he saying? But, like, I was busting up laughing watching this. Give me the power I beg of you! 
I didn't know Sam Kinison knew voodoo. That's crazy. <laughs> Good for him. <laughs> yeah, he was like, I need to find somebody. This small plastic doll will do. <laughs> Perfect. <laughs> There's another grown man in the room. Nah, this doll will do. <laughs> I mean, I also like loved how over the top it was for the fact that like all they like as an audience, you understand he has like the doll out of the box. He, you know, is doing his voodoo child war chant. It's like, okay, and like, you know, the clouds are swarming. It's like, okay, he has some type of power here. We can kind of in like kind of guess what's going to happen from here. But no, lightning has to strike the store and blow up half a block. <laughs> it was so unnecessary. Like it's almost like they shot this on their last day. They're like, "Hey guys, we have an extra million on the budget. Let's blow the place up." <laughs> There's a couple of uh, pretty big explosions in this movie. A lot yeah, of, uh, I feel like it was almost unnecessary. <laughs> they're just <laughs> blowing up random uh, drug dens around Chicago, it looks like. <laughs> <laughs> Wait a second. Yes. Am I supposed to be defending Chucky's point of view? Is that my role in this pod? Do I need to start coming up with some points? <laughs> Hashtag Chucky did nothing wrong. You do love a good villain that does terrible <laughs> things to defend. So tell well, us, Josh, all, uh, what, what did he do right? Uh, we didn't see him do anything wrong. Uh, we really did. I'm not going to play this game, but I, I'll let this game come to me as we go, as we move along. <laughs> okay. Be a patient player. So we kind of fast forward, and we come upon Andy, who... And I know you guys know my personality is making the most disgusting breakfast known to man <laughs> Ooh, yeah. while watching a also terrifying show of just Chuckies. Um, well, good guys. Like, each each good guy has its own name. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Chucky is Andy's good guy. Hi, good guys. Boy, have I got news for you. Now you can have your very own good guy doll. That's right. You can have all the adventures we have on TV in your very own home. Good guys say three different sentences. We even turn our heads and blink our eyes when you talk to us. Right, Oscar? Hi, I'm Oscar, and I'm your friend to the end. Heidi ho Ha, 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 Wow! <laughs> yeah, so each good guy has its own name, and you get the feeling from the get-go... Andy is all about the good guys. He's wearing good guys' clothes, good guys' sneakers. He's watching the show of the most terrifying-looking, Barney-looking good guy in the world, as well as making a absolute mess in his mother's kitchen. Josh, you have children. Did this scene freak you out? I don't have children, and I was, like, getting queasy. Well, I felt for him because, like, his first line is he looks at good guys playing on the TV, and he's like, I've seen this one already. So it's like his birthday and they're playing a rerun. Like, that sucks, little guy. But <laughs> I've yet to have a kid try to make me breakfast in bed, which is what, what he's doing here. So it's like cute and endearing, but nothing cute about that. It's so that. No, cringy no. when he's just like slinging uh, like orange juice yeah. and milk all over the carpet and his socks just stepping Ugh. on it, smashing cereal into the ground. It's pretty horrible. It's a do bit, you think it? 
was trying to say something about like capitalism or something because this kid is like all in on this franchise and this he's eating this disgusting cereal which has like cookies or something in it three like did you guys ever go all in like on like pajamas or sneakers or like stuff like that when you were younger not really but i do feel like it toys were more of a thing when we were younger like i remember yo-yos being really big uh furby's really big one year um cabbage batch kids like josh is that still a thing are there like it toys for kids that are must-haves oh, yeah. hard to find? like tickle me almost uh, yeah. like peppa pig maybe is one. Oh, it's hmm. it's like shows that kind of go in waves go viral i don't know there's this one little song or you guys all know the baby shark song right do 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 do, do baby shark and now it's an air over audience's heads for the rest of the episode. <laughs> Our listening audience is probably just the right age to really know what that is, actually. So, uh, yeah, I, I think this is probably like my family. My parents seen me watch like Ninja Turtles when I was little, and if you think about Ninja Turtles, like they're pretty ugly and probably scary. Like, <laughs> I wanted the toys pretty bad. Mm-hmm. I'll say this: uh, him making breakfast is just a little bit too. Twee. It's a little bit too cutesy for me, Nothing especially because it's it. it's like his birthday too. Like he's only <laughs> doing this so he can get to the presents, which his mom is the biggest troll rapper of all time of presents. <laughs> Leave his mom alone, dude. That was absolutely heartbreaking. <laughs> dude, she put a pair of jeans in the biggest box you can possibly buy. That was so heartbreaking. So yeah, Pappy's <laughs> right. The camera work is fixated on what can only be this box of good guy, like this good guy box that we've seen. <laughs> we saw a hundred of them in the toy store. So there's this good guy box. And not only after Andy destroys the kitchen and makes me gag for my own home because I am just having a cold sweat watching him spill all this shit, um, goes into his mother's room. It looks like she just got off the night shift and just starts screaming at her. She looks hungover. <laughs> <laughs> just start screaming that's what I kind of thought too Mikey Lord, my wife goes "Why? Is she, what's wrong with her and I was like yeah she's probably an alcoholic and then come <laughs> to find out she's actually a really good mom and so yeah pap tell us about that devastating scene where this mother's heart gets broken after her son destroys the kitchen well like I said I don't know why like when you were a kid and you were opening up presents like closed boxes just look a certain way they have a certain rectangular shape to them a very thin dimension they're, fl- they're very thin very yeah. wide you know when you get close you're you opening know. those first you're saying thank you so you don't hurt anyone's feelings and you're saving the good shit for later because <laughs> that's what you want to open but like she p- wraps one pair of jeans in this box the size of a good guy doll and annie is just absolutely devastated and apparently like this is like a new toy right like she says that she didn't know about it in time to save up and like they're 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 not they're not destitute because they live in a decently nice apartment in Chicago, but they're also That's a real nice apartment. She's she's also like on a very fixed income. So something like a hundred dollar good guy doll in nineteen eighty eight would have been like something she needed to work for. And she cannot quit her job, clearly. Like she's pretty beholden to that steady income. Mm-hmm. I mean, she has to be working two jobs, right? To afford that apartment from working at a department store. Unless she got some kind of like life insurance payout, because we know we know that the dad is dead. He's not. He hasn't left. They, they, they mentioned that like the Chucky might be sent from heaven. That's what Andy thinks or something. So, unless there was yeah. some kind of payment there, I don't know how there. Who do you guys think she voted for? 
Dukakis. <laughs> Pap, I had that as the saddest line in... That's the only note I actually took watching this movie was mm-hmm. when he's like, Chucky told me that daddy sent me, him from heaven to come play with me. I was like, oh my God, I didn't think this movie was going to go there. Chucky's been talking to you too, hasn't he? What's he been saying? All kinds of things. His real name is Charles Lee Ray, and he's been sent down from heaven by daddy to play with me. You yeah. thought that was sad? Easily the saddest line. Dude, saddest line is the mom not being able to afford that, to- that toy for her, mo- for her son. Yeah, but that all kind of plays into that same sentiment, right? I think it's tugging at that same heartstring a couple times. I guess. I mean... That notification so- you heard was from me. Yeah. Uh, I actually took a screenshot. You can see, I think, maybe the dad in that photo. We can post this to Instagram. Oh, yeah. Is he there. wearing football pads? He has giant shoulders. Good <laughs> lord. What is going on there? Jeez. Is he a Ninja Turtle? <laughs> hey, I is mean... he stuffed inside a suit? What is going on? <laughs> the mom from 7th Heaven was quite a catch. She had to be a very dashing man to, to woo her, I'm sure. Notre Dame graduate. It's a Notre Dame couple right there. Good deal. That's yeah. like Mike Golick and his wife. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah. Um, so... His mom works at Carson's, and Mikey, how does she stumble across Chuckster, the old Charlie Lee, uh, Charles Lee Ray? Well, like any good mother, she'll do anything to get this toy. So she's going to go up to the nearest crackhead that she knows <laughs> and buy it off of him. <laughs> buy some hot product off of this crackhead with very black teeth. He's just trying to find his next fix. So he sells uh, this obviously stolen good guy doll uh, to Karen for 50 bucks. And her friend is with her and she's like giving this hobo a bunch of crap. Like she's not getting a good deal on it. And they keep going back and forth and then they uh, just agree on 50 bucks for this horrifyingly ugly doll. 30 bucks. Oh, 30 bucks? Right. Yeah, it's like in the back alley too, and there's like foggy smoke everywhere. It's a, it's a really scary place. But she gets back to her counter, and her dickhead manager and/or boss pretty much tells her he chastises her for leaving her station, and then tells her she has to work an extra shift. Which brings us to uh, what's your friend's name, Maggie? Yeah, Aunt Maggie. Aunt Maggie oh. now has to go babysit. Uh, let's now go babysit Andy and Chucky and the Chuckster. <laughs> Josh, break. I mean, this is a great scene of suspense, especially when like Andy's supposed to be in bed. Did you like this? Of kind of like how long and drawn out it was? Yeah, I, I was watching that. So I watched this movie in two segments. This segment was really late at night alone in a bed in a dark room and i was scared you didn't it yeah it's so slow building and maggie she kind of is a jerk a little bit for a second but really she's like a sweetie and she's helping her friend watch the kid and like the one thing i'll say though if you remember rambo first blood like remember when he just threw the rock and it hit the helicopter i feel like that's kind of chucky with the hammer like (laughs) 
ultimately, <laughs> no, I'm, I'm joking. <laughs> so for some reason, Chucky needs her out of the way. Like this first kill maybe doesn't make as much sense, but it is pretty tense, Stevie. He is a serial killer. It's all shot through Chucky's first person POV too. Like it's very low to the ground. Mm-hmm. Um, some some handheld work. Like again, it feel and he picks up a little hammer and that's how he like he nails her in the head with it like it feels like it, it could have gone either way like you could believe this is andy had it not been for for that opening scene what is wrong with me i'm scaring myself half to death That four-second clip of her getting smacked in the face with a hammer is hilarious. <laughs> it's so I funny. laughed so hard. <laughs> Anybody else laugh when she John wicked it out the window and just exploded a car? It's amazing. <laughs> just absolutely glorious. And so Karen comes back home, finds... <laughs> it's a really weird scene. There's just police everywhere. And she doesn't find out that it was her friend that fell out the window, which if she just looked up, she could say, hey, that's my window. It really start inferring like, oh, Maggie's dead. But it takes, um, it takes her to get all the way up to the sixth floor into her apartment, talking to her son. There's police everywhere. And that's when we meet uh, Detective Humperdink. Pap, what's he like? Yeah, uh, he was the same guy from the opening sequence, but here we get to see him. Um, he's almost too kind because he's not he's more competent than his partner uh the the other detective guy who we see but he's also willing to give andy the benefit of the doubt even though there's no sign of forced entry there would be a a wound on the forehead of the victim and she went flying out a window and there's little footprints on the counter but still somehow we're gonna let andy stay at home tonight like no big deal um maybe a little bit naive i guess would be the right way to put it yeah, um, I thought like he was gonna arrest Andy on the spot. I was loving it, like especially when he was like, "What about these footprints, huh? Let me see your <laughs> shoes, son." Huh? <laughs> well, and Andy's even trying to like pin it on Chucky at the time. He's like, "I know whose shoes those were," and the detective should be like, "Okay, guys, come back. Like, we can't leave this active crime scene and let you sleep here tonight." Like, <laughs> oh that's not- man, he- they get shoot out so quickly. <laughs> Somebody just died in this room or outside of this room and they wrap up the investigation pretty quick. I wish he would have pulled yeah, it. Karen tells him to leave. They're like, all right, guys, she's angry. Time to go. Active crime scene. Case closed. I wish, I wish uh, uh, Officer Mike would have pulled his gun on Andy. <laughs> just, <laughs> hands behind your head, dirtbag. <laughs> on the ground, motherfucker. The thing is, though, this is funny in hindsight, but an annoying part of the movie is they really never resolve this issue. Cause even at the very end, like how are they going to explain everything that went down? And like, people are still going to think Andy's crazy, right? No, they got to set somebody up. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah, they got to find crazy, another criminal and set him up. <laughs> the, okay. Did you guys ever bring giant dolls to school or toys that wasn't like show and tell? No. No. Okay, so mom drops Andy off at school and he's carrying Chucky around just like it's normal. 
And Chucky tells him, he's like, yo, we need to get on the L train immediately. And so uh, Andy just starts walking through the scummiest and shittiest parts of Chicago like it's normal. And I'm not trying and to be I'm not trying to be the guy who rags on this movie, but there are two black characters in the whole movie. One is a voodoo master and the other one is used to code that this is a bad part of town. It's really really <laughs> yeah, bad. Not good. <laughs> it's, the eighties was a different time. You know who would have been a great actor in this? I think this would have been like right off Die Hard. Uh, Carl Winslow. Yeah. I think he'd have been great in this. Throw him in as like but, a psychic, side, uh, psychic oh, cop Oh, if he'd have been like a side detective like cop yeah. or something like that. Yeah, or like the one leading the investigation. I'll say one thing. They do go to the grungiest parts of Chicago in this movie. <laughs> They're just letting this kid walk around with heroin needles on the ground. <laughs> they, he's in a bad well, place like, in Chicago. They were spot on, too, because like when they said, was it Eddie or was it... Um, or was it uh, Chucky that had the Stony Island address? Uh, if you take that Stony Island exit now, it's still a really shitty part of Chicago. Like, yeah, there's a Starbucks, but it's still pretty terrifying. Um, but let's see here. All right, so yeah. Uh, while Andy's not looking, Chucky escapes to go kill Eddie, and for some odd reason, they just blow up the house. Andy, uh, after Eddie dies and Andy's like, Chucky did it, Chucky did it, Andy gets sent to the nut house. And, uh, <laughs> Mikey, what goes down from here? Because I love the nut house scenes. Lock him up. <laughs> Lock him up. Uh, yeah, uh, he gets pinned. Uh, well, he doesn't get pinned for blowing up the house, but he's just like. Okay, Andy is clearly up to something because they can't pin any of this crazy stuff happening around him on right. anybody else but Andy. So the cops take him into the into the police station and they call the mom in and the mom was like, "Hey, you need to you need to like tell the truth or whatever because they're about to take you away from me and and I'm never gonna see you again." And she's like losing her mind because she cannot she doesn't know what's going on. She thinks. Uh, her son is. She doesn't believe her son anymore at this point, right? What normal mother would? But this is my f- maybe favorite scene of the movie when the Andy is like tattling on Chucky, telling them everything, spilling out his heart, and then he like starts roughing up Chucky, slapping him around a little bit. Come on, Chucky, say something. Tell me why you lied to me about everything. Come on, Chucky, say something. Tell me. Hi, I'm Chucky, and I'm your friend to the end. Heidi ho Ha, ha, ha. Mommy, he's doing it on purpose. He told me never to tell about him or he'd kill me. <laughs> talk, <Tell> talk. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's also surprising, too, that, like, Josh, you bring up that name. He's like, his name's Charles Lee Ray. And Dad sent down, like, if there was a giant manhunt for that serial killer, like, wouldn't that have clicked with the mom? Like, where did he hear that name? 
Wasn't Charles Lee Ray like an amalgamation of uh, Charles Manson, the R.V. Oswald, and the guy who shot uh, Martin Luther King? Uh, Martin Luther King, yep. James he was Ray. all Yep, he was all three names in one. Literally the worst people in the world <laughs> combined into one name under one roof. Classic uh, killers with three names. Yeah, and like the real, I, I'm kind of with you, Pap, on the fact that like uh, it would have been great if they stretched out that ambiguity like for even longer because we're like the 45 minute mark, and this is where Karen goes home, and it's for some odd reason she goes home, um, and it's just really her and Chucky in the apartment, and she's like going to throw that dude out, and this I think this was probably the best writing of the whole movie. What goes down? Yeah, so she starts to kind of like plead with Chucky, like, please talk, like, you know, like talking to this doll. Give me and, back my son. And then the serial killer who's possessed him, Charles Lou Ray, is like playing it totally straight face, like not moving. And so she she goes into her kitchen, she gets like a glass of water and then like goes over to the box and then the batteries fall out. Which I, I think to your point, Stevie, like this moment could have been 10 times more powerful if this oh. is how we learn that, that that Chucky is possessed. You know what I mean? Like That would have been fantastic. Yeah. I also have cool. an editing gripe, though. Like, as soon as the batteries hit the ground, there's, like, the big musical note, like, oh, you figured it out. So it's like it doesn't give you a chance to, like, actually in your own mind see the batteries, see what they mean, and, like, learn it with her. You know what I mean? It's, like, too quick. Mm. He wants you for a best friend. Yeah, sure. Yeah, and apparently the first name of this film was like batteries aren't included or batteries are included or something, but Spielberg was working on a project with that title uh, at the time, so they changed it. But that's this is where the spoiler comes from because then she approaches the doll and I, I guess the tension is kind of like reignited because she knows what we know. That the yeah, there's tr- two fake outs. That it's been doing it and she picks him up and she's about to throw him in the fire and he goes, you stupid bitch, you filthy slut. <laughs> It's so bad. <laughs> Chucky is just a bad it, those dude. Those are his first words of the movie. Yeah. <laughs> I think it's like a pretty scary kind of like reveal though because you don't see his face really do anything up until then and then it's like, oh man, this it's thing is like It's contorted and disgusting. Yeah. It like has actual facial expressions and stuff at this point. Yeah. Rather than just being a doll. I did forget to it, mention too that she drops Chucky after that happens or at some point in that there. That part scared me. And he does one of his signature uh rolls. Like there's like five <laughs> times in this movie where Chucky like <laughs> stop drops and rolls, like does a barrel roll on the ground. It's so funny. Uh he presses circle. Like they clearly didn't have like the Henson studio behind this Muppet. They were trying hard to figure out different ways to make Chucky move and like hide his legs so they could move his torso or vice versa. And some of those just like drop and rolls were some of the funniest ones. I loved it. Did you think it was like, I thought it was really neat how they, did you think it was good, Josh? Like how they like got his like face to move or kind of like contort his body and move. I was very entertained. I thought, I thought for 1988, I was super mm. impressed. Yeah. And I was glad that it wasn't, like obviously it's not going to be CGI at that time, but I was glad that it wasn't all just like, uh, like a Muppet. See, like every time they showed him, it was some sort of camera trick. Is basically what I'm saying, mm-hmm. trying to say. So my brain was always trying to figure that out, 
and that was pretty fun. There was one scene where he was like standing on the kitchen counter when he meets the guy who taught him how to transfer his soul or whatever. Uh, that like looked pretty kind of crazy. I don't really. It looked like it was like a mechanical, just like doll moving around on this kitchen table. It didn't look like it was animated or anything. So I don't. It's kind of crazy how they did it. Did they have a then. kid I, dressed up for some of it? Andy's little mm-hmm. sister in real life. When you yeah. saw like kind of faraway shots of like him running and stuff like that, that was uh, his sister. That's kind of funny. And it's like, I mean, they made this movie for $10 million, and then it was a smash hit, too. Like, they beat it number one, ended up making $43 million, was dethroned by Land Before Time, so like nothing was going to stop that. Like, I mean, kudos all around from the effects department. They did the most with what they had, and it, it paid off. Yeah, I just, I mean, animatronic, like, I, I'm glad it was, it wouldn't be CGI, you're right, Josh. I'm glad it was a lot of practical effects in the camera mm-hmm. tricks. I appreciate that. So, uh, Charles Lee, after his stupid bitch, filthy slut, you stupid bitch, you filthy slut, um, <laughs> after nearly gets set, getting set on fire, bites Karen in the arm, and runs off into the Chicago cold. And he's very bitey, super bitey. He like goes that, for the neck a lot. I feel like that was like his number one attack was the bite. Like, did those he good... goes straight for the jugular multiple times? I mean, what toy company has given those good guy dolls teeth like that? <laughs> I'm a dentist. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, he's got gums and everything. It's pretty gross. It's real gross, and. Uh, so the, from there, Karen bumps into Humperdinck again, and they track down where Chucky would most likely go, and that's the house of voodoo. Uh, Josh, this is, like, what, kill number two for Chucky? What goes down here? I love this scene because I thought at the beginning, the the part where he started chanting, I was like, that makes so little sense. Like, what's going on? So they in the writing, they tried to bring it full circle here and i guess our serial killer the strangler also sides as a shaman apprentice with a voodoo master and this the his apartment is pretty cool set because there's a bunch of like jars with what seem to be like animal or human parts kind of float floating around in them so very Dahmer like yeah and you think he's going to be like a real evil horrible dude but Chucky gets in there and he's like, hey, I'm not real satisfied with this Chucky doll body. (laughs) I want a real human body. And the guy kind of like rebukes him and is like, he even says something like, yeah, he says you're an abomination to nature. No fucking way. You got me into this. You get me out. I can't do that, Chucky. Why not? Because you're an abomination. An outrage against nature! And he tries to stop him, but it doesn't work out too well, does it, Stevie? No, it doesn't, because voodoo comes full circle on him, and Chucky kills him with his own voodoo doll. You shouldn't tell your customers where you keep the voodoo dolls. (laughs) Why would he have a voodoo doll of himself? Yeah, why would you ever make a voodoo doll yourself? Well, Well, not to mention, it goes beyond Chucky just being dissatisfied with his body, like... He thought that he was immortal and he finds out he's not when he's shot by Prince Humperdinck and that's kind of what pisses him off because he's becoming 
more human. Like all of these are just like single lines of exposition dialogue, but like it has this level of complexity where it's just like, okay, movie, whatever you want to do, <laughs> I'm along with the ride. <laughs> <laughs> I got shot say? and it hurt. Yeah. Um. <laughs> I think maybe he was yeah. thinking like, if I'm going to be in a doll, at least like I will live forever and that's cool. But as soon as he realized like he was turning into a human, into that ugly ass doll, he's probably like, eh, I'm not all about that noise anymore. That's kind of how I took it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And Would he grow? Like the the voodoo master also kind of breaks down to him like, you know, the reason you're looking more human is because you're spending more time in that body. And this is kind of where this really kind of the kickoff of the second plot kicks to. It's where he can only gain another human body from the first person he told his secret to. Okay. It's some real okay. weird rules. In okay, this. movie. Whatever you say. Okay, movie. You got me. You can only get <laughs> the soul of whoever the main character of this movie is. <laughs> <laughs> Might as well just say that. He's like, huh. That was a six-year-old kid. Huh. You must find the protagonist. <laughs> <laughs> That's terrible. But I skipped over a part, and that's where Humperdinck is kind of rebuking Karen for saying that Chucky, you know, is alive and this, that, and the other. And literally two seconds after he gets into his car, <laughs> Chucky and him go on an amazing yes. car chase. Pat, did you love this? I don't. It was so overdrawn and blown out. Oh, it was way over the top. Like for some reason, Humperdinck has his foot like glued to the accelerator <laughs> unnecessarily the entire time. I mean, at one point, Chucky uses his little hand to push down the accelerator, which is pretty funny. But he's trying to choke him out, and he gets like burned by the cigarette lighter, and eventually, yeah, like I said, he, he gets shot. But it's a cool little set piece. It reminds me a little bit of of Blues Brothers. I think you get a little bit of like him driving under the L and stuff. Oh, yeah. It's it's cool. I liked it. This raises a question, though. How, what is uh, Chucky's power level? How strong is this thing? If he's choking out a full-grown man with his little plastic arms. And hitting uh, be... Aunt Maggie's out the window with a little plastic hammer. <laughs> God. And, yeah, he's got to be kind of powerful. I mean, his strength has to be 100 out of 100 if you choose that doll for him, right? Like He's like an ant now. He's... Strength is like the size of his body. Exactly, <laughs> he's exactly like Ant Man. So he's using and like sp- the the jumper cables to do like a garrot move, like a gangster mafia choke out. <laughs> but he has a knife, so he uses that second, and that's my favorite part where he starts stabbing he through the to seat. Stab his balls. Yeah, starts to stab <laughs> his liver and kidneys first, <laughs> then he goes under the seat to his balls. So like. Like, like Pappy said, he's lifting his ass off the seat, still driving with his hands, but yet still just pressing down the accelerator because he's got to go somewhere. Full speed. <laughs> and then he flips his car because there's a dumpster in the middle of the road in Chicago. <laughs> he flips it on a dumpster or something. Good on him. From here, Humperdinck goes to Karen, says like, hey, I believe you. It's all real. They go visit the um, the doctor death or whatever, and he explains to him the dumbass rules, pretty much saying, hey, we need to get the main character back involved in this. Go find him. And cripes. I've always skipped over my f- the most gruesome death. This is the, de- this is the death scene that scared me the most as a child. <laughs> and that's when... <laughs> 
Andy's in the nut house screaming, Jackie's coming, Jackie's coming. <laughs> and all the doctor had to do was look out the window and you can see that little doll walking around like it's normal, just like out in daylight. Like, oh, here he comes. But there's kind of a wild goose chase throughout the nut house. And that's when Chucky, uh, does that machine still exist? The uh, electric, what they put on your head? shock therapy. I don't. Yeah. Believe, I don't. The lobotomy. At least not Does in children's hospitals. Does electroshock therapy still exist outside the South? Not in children's hospitals, I would imagine. I think it still is used somewhat, but. Aye. Well, anyway, he throws that on him, and literally just cooks his brain. And I remember as a kid when you see like his eyes go full red and he's like bleeding out of his <laughs> mouth. It scared me so badly. That was pretty. That was pretty disturbing. Yeah, that's just a terrifying, terrifying death. And so Andy runs home. Karen and Humperdinck are going home. And they're trying to beat Chucky from him voodooing himself and Andy. And that's when we get the Django type of shootout throughout the home. Pat, did you love these set pieces as much as I did? Well, I don't want to skip over the scene where Chucky rides the elevator up with the old couple. And she's like, what an ugly doll. And he's like, fuck you. George, some child left their doll in the elevator. I'll leave it alone. Whoever left it there will come back looking for it. Ugly doll. Fuck you. <laughs> it's like I was talking about the scene. I'm like, did they just need an extra five minutes of movie to try and get it closer to 90 minutes? Like, why is this in here? But why? But no, I love everything that happens here at the house at the end. I love the way that Chucky gets burned and kind of like transformed. Um, I, I think that the having to shoot him through the heart is, is kind of useful from a plot device. Like it's a long ending set piece. Like it is. It's like, I mean, it's like 15, 20 minutes of this hour, 40 minute movie or hour, 20 minute. It's movie. like the Alamo. It's like the, really the last stand at the Alamo at this point. It's a long, long ending. They have to kill Chucky three different times. Mm-hmm. I have a question for you, stop. Josh. Mm-hmm. Um, after he gets set on fire and he gets his head blown off, um, how do you think they shot that with like the doll that like kept like coming at him, even though it was like losing like arm after arm and leg after leg? Well, you guys have been to like Chuck E. Cheese, right? Yeah, I, I think it was like that style of animatronic. They just like made a burned up doll that wiggles. they just like put it on a belt. When it's I like say those, happy, like, you say birthday. It's like those super scary videos of like Tickle Me Elmo where he's like all burnt up and crusty and he's still being like, ah, Tickle Me ah! <laughs> 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 But yeah, Chucky really has like three final forms. And I think one of my favorite parts, it's just is so nonsensical at this point, is when his partner comes and he's pretty much just kind of like egging Chucky on. And Mikey, what happens from here? Yeah, his partner goes out in the hall to investigate. 
what really happened. And Mike, the police officer, says, whatever you do, don't touch uh, the doll. And, of course, the partner goes out there and picks up Chucky's head. Like <laughs> a normal all, guy. <laughs> it's all burnt and crispy and very creepy looking. You can still see his like, teeth. Yeah, he's like, okay, I'll just pick this up with my bare hands. And I was expecting him to get, like, his fingers bit off or something. Uh, but he's like, uh, what are you guys talking about? This is just a regular doll. And then uh, the Chucky's burnt corpse of a body comes crashing through, like, an air vent and kind of chokes him out and he's he's kind of like dying and everybody's kind of like losing their minds <laughs> not helping him at all i love that part when he's choking him with like one arm and choking his head on the floor and he's like choke that son of a bitch kill him kill him <laughs> and i think from but, a from a continuity perspective this does kind of help tie up those loose ends that we talked about because at least now there's a second cop who has seen the Chucky phenomenon as opposed to just like Humperdinck and mom and single mom. You know what I mean? Like that could have been easily mm. considered as a conspiracy. Like at least this gives some closure to the story. Not even the skeptic guy has seen it. Yeah. Who's going to believe me? Pat, this ends like somewhat like on a cliffhanger, doesn't it? Okay. The ending is so fucking shitty. It's so bad. Like they're just, uh, who shoots him through the heart? The mom or the the mom? The mom no, shoots him the through detective. the heart. Oh, the, okay. de- oh, the detective does. The okay. mom misses like a thousand times. Yeah, the detective shoots him through the heart, and then they're walking out of the room, and Annie kind of does a look back, and then it just like cuts to black and white, right? And that's literally mm-hmm. like roll credits, mm-hmm. end of the movie, play the music. It's just. Just like last blood or first blood, it's <laughs> it's a very <laughs> strange and sudden ending. Yeah, just like first blood. Did they know this was going to be a hit? Is that why they like left it open like that? I I think it was just. I mean, like watching this movie, I felt like there was a lot of weird editing choices, and maybe Josh can speak to that as an editor. But I felt like whatever ending they had didn't work, and this worked better. But I I. I I guess. Couldn't speculate. I mean, they made such a point about shooting him in the heart. It's like, well, he's already died, quote unquote, like three times, and then you shot him in the heart. It's like, he can't come back now again. <laughs> and then it's apparently happens off screen. It's like kind of a cop out. Because yeah. there's obviously more movies. Especially because there was two more movies in the original trilogy. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, and again, I, too, I feel like the ending works better if there's some kind of ambiguity around Andy also being bad, like is it almost kind of implying that there's something creepy about Andy, right? There is something creepy about Andy. He should have smiled or something, a creepy kid smile at the end. Well, I was thinking a really cool ending would have been if after they burned him, they just assumed he was dead and they kind of forgot about the heart thing. And then at some point, like the mom just sends Andy out and her and the detective talk, and then Andy comes back in and is maybe acting slightly differently or something. Like, that would have been cool. Because, like, you as an audience member could be trusted to remember. He said the heart specifically, and they burned him. So, you know what I mean? Or Andy's, like, keeping him under the bed or something. Like, he still loves Chucky. Like, something to that effect. (laughs) (laughs) Keeps the head. (laughs) I didn't like how Andy said said the name Chucky. He's like, Chucky! You hear that, Chucky? Did you do that, Chucky? Chucky wanted to know what was going on. 
Hey, Chucky. It, it, it just creeped me out the way he said it. He sounded like a burn victim himself when he was saying it. But, um, yeah, do you have anything else to add? He's a good guy. Uh, there was one scene that we skipped over um, where uh, the mom is, inter- is talking to Andy after the cops have been shoot out, and Andy goes, Chucky told me Aunt Maggie was a real bitch or something like that. <laughs> <laughs> Really hilarious, and then in that shot, there's a bunch of like dinosaur like kind of cutouts on the wall, mm-hmm. and I had those exact dinosaurs when I was like five, six years old, and it like awakened something like synapses like reconnected in my brain when I saw those. <laughs> I was very excited to see those. <laughs> a lot of these like horror movies follow tropes of like kind of who gets killed. So like in a normal horror movie, I feel like Maggie, who gets killed first, would have been like a huge jerk actually to Andy or maybe she would have been like uh, having a guy over. She would have had a guy who been having sex and both of them would have Yeah, right? So I kind Mm -hmm. of appreciate it. It's a little bit fresh, but like it's kind of weird because Chucky kills a completely innocent lady. Then he kills this like murder accomplice and then he kills a doctor. It just kind of seems like like he's just throwing darts. (laughs) (laughs) You have no idea what's happening next. Yeah, and there was one scene I thought they could have done without, and that was the guy that sold Chucky to Karen attempting to rape her. Oh, yeah. I didn't like that at all. I really didn't. It really it just didn't fit with the rest of the movie one bit. And of course, Detective Norris has to be like right there to defend her. I'm coming, Buttercup. <laughs> <laughs> One of the hobos goes like, oh, shit, it's the cops. <laughs> oh, blue guys. Take your nuts <laughs> out of your shells. <laughs> <laughs> oh, shoot. All right. Uh, let's go with uh, yes or no's. And let's go from Weesis to Esis. So, Pap. There we go. All right. Uh, yeah, this is a solid yes um, for me. I think it's a very, very, I'll use that word again, solid slasher. It's a very it's it's a fun movie. I laughed with it. I laughed at it a couple times. It's it's hard to not play the game in my head where it's like I wish the movie was this. It's a kind of a lazy criticism. It's very Last Jedi esque. But I wish I wish there was more tension on is Chucky the bad guy? Is Andy the bad guy? Kind of a weird parallel that in Toy Story, Andy's the the owner of the toys that come to live and in this movie Andy's the to- owner of toys that come to live mm. but I yeah it, it's it's tough for me to not play that game but the movie that we do get I love it's extraordinarily watchable like I've watched it two and a half times now before this podcast less than 90 minutes funny genuine moments of tension and scariness and kind of like a seminal slasher film from the late 80s so it's a solid I use that word again. Yes, for me. A spooky solid. Spooky off to a good start. Josh? I'll give this a decent yes. I don't like horror and slasher movies very much, but this one kept it just fun enough for me to really enjoy it all the way through. If you do get scared at scary movies, just watch this one during the day, and it won't be scary at all. <laughs> uh, yeah, I, I agree with Pap. This would be a better movie if they made it like 
is it Chucky? Is it Andy? And you as the audience member don't really know. But at the same time, I was able to enjoy this movie a lot more because they didn't do that. And they like that just would have been a lot scarier and freaky. Josh, do you not like scary movies? No, man. I, I'm of the personal opinion. Like life is just scary enough. And <laughs> I like my movies no, to be happy. <laughs> uh, yeah, scary movies get to me. They're not my fave. That's if you'll remember the Bone Saw Tomahawk episode. Oh yeah, like, you didn't like that at all. Yeah, just like it hurts too much to watch. It's horrible, oh. but this movie didn't cross that line. Super fun horror movie. Great start to spooky spoilers, Stevie. Awesome, Mikey. Uh, I'll give it a yes. Uh, I didn't think it was scary at all. I really don't even know why it's like called a, a horror movie or anything because it really comes off more as a comedy. And I wish there was more goofy kills and stuff like uh, the very first one where Maggie dies. I thought it was so funny when she gets smacked in the head with the hammer. So I just was laughing from then on out. Uh, but I think the animatronics or whatever kind of camera tricks they did to get Chucky to move around... Uh, looks pretty good for the time and uh, the the plot is obviously probably not all the way thought through with the weird voodoo stuff and kind of making up these rules along the way like he has to go kill the six year old kid or whatever it's the first person he told his secret to or whatever it's kind of stupid but um, I think it's cool it's like uh, they're going around 80s Chicago so it's nice to see disgusting Chicago of that time and in these awful locations kind of adds like some grittiness to the movie so I think it's a good movie I don't think it's scary at all uh, but it's more of a, a dumb kind of like goofy slasher comedy to me but I'll give it a yes awesome well, I'm glad you guys enjoyed this movie this took me 25 years no see 23 years to get over my fear of this movie and I really enjoyed it. Like, actually thought it was some decent writing besides for the voodoo parts and kind of throwing darts at the wall like Josh said. I thought the scenes they did build, build tension, they were really well done. And just the animatronics with it and practical effects and the camera tricks I thought were really cool, especially for 1988. So I will give this a solid yes. Um... How should we do Brett Kellis? Let's listen to his voicemail. Uh, if you want to leave us a voicemail, it's not voicemail. It's 903-776-4507. Uh, you just got to let it ring. Listen to the outgoing message. But then you can plea on this podcast, too. Hey, everybody. This is Brett from Fort Wayne. Uh, sorry I couldn't be there tonight. Um, I'm hopefully enjoying the last Packers Thursday night game this season. Hopefully they'll win <laughs> and go to 4-0, but... Um, I apologize. Um, I did watch this movie last night, and I don't know why I went into it thinking that it was like a kind of like a leprechaun type movie, which just was just a ridiculous movie, which was terrible. (laughs) But I thought this was actually pretty good. I mean, I I graded it on the 80s curve, 80s horror movie curve, but I thought it was highly entertaining. Uh, There were some parts that made me laugh. Um, I mean, it wasn't scary at all to me. I don't know if it was. Uh, It scarred my wife. When she she watched it when she was five, no and spiders. She had a, 
nightmares for a long time. So Ooh, just like I could Steve. see how it's scared for a kid. It's a real thing. Uh, scary for a kid, but it wasn't to me. Uh, a couple jump scares, but um, I thought Prince Humperdinck was really good. Uh, <laughs> but the kid was really cute. He wasn't a great actor or anything like that. Um, Catherine Hicks was good. Just, just was good. Chucky was cool. I mean, <laughs> he's a cool well guy. Done. I heard the second one's terrible, and I, I don't <laughs> even consider that canon because I guess like she gets locked up, and Chucky goes after him again. But uh, overall, I give this a, a pretty, a pretty solid yes. Uh, nice. I enjoyed it a lot, and uh, I wasn't sure I would, but uh, thanks. Uh, hope you guys have fun tonight, guys. See ya. Oh, I miss Brett. I miss Brett too. Uh, yeah, that'd have been a fu- this would have been a fun one to talk with Brett about. I don't understand his movie taste at all. I thought he would have hated this. <laughs> <laughs> well, he thought Doesn't it was like I'm a leprechaun, but no, Chucky was saying some other very coarse things. Um, I was happy. I mean, I'm not happy to hear it, but I identified with his wife. Because she saw it when mm-hmm. she was five, too. And it's a real thing, dude. No, it's a real thing. Like, if you look through Letterboxd, who kind of sponsored this podcast for a second, if you look through their reviews of, of people on there, half of them are people like, I saw this when I was five. It ruined my life. <laughs> no, like, I, like, I'm telling you, Toy Story was hard for me to watch. Like, yeah. I had so many nightmares from this movie. And really, if... Like, when my children are growing up, they are never going to have dolls. Like, that's just no-no. That's the big no-no. So, um, y'all ready for some trivia? Let's go. Let go. Let go. Just one second. Let me pull up my question here. Somewhere here in drive. Pappy. Brett brought up, or Pappy Mikey, Brett brought up the child actor. I think one of the strategies they must have used is, like, Hey kid, as you walk around this wall, just stare at this laser pointer on the opposite wall that we're like <laughs> moving around the ceiling. Because his like eyes are all flitting upwards. At the, it's so weird. What's he looking at? He's not very good. No, I thought he was terrible too. His voice is like cute-ish. He's running around in that creepy commercialized uh, good guy's outfit or whatever, pajamas or whatever. He looks like, I don't know, there's something very off-putting about the whole good guy's aesthetic. (laughs) Order should be me most recently with Evil Dead 2, then Josh, 36, Chamber of Shaolin. Wu-Tang. Money was the last one you hosted. It's been a while. Is it Raiders? Oh, no. I did Rambo. Rambo, duh. My bad. So, me, Josh, Mike. What was that? Y'all ready for this? Okay. We, since Chucky is me, Mikey, Josh. A doll, we're going to play closest to, you can go over, closest to. I like that. Barbie has been a fixture in the American pop culture and worldwide for a long, long time. In the year of 2010, the Stefano Canturi Barbie was sold. Yes, I know. Was sold. How much did that Barbie go for? Like retail on eBay? Uh, I believe it was an auction, like a private collector's auction. What did you call that? The what, Barbie? Stefano 
Kenturi. Can you tell us like what that means? I believe it's a designer, to be honest with you. So it, that's Sounds not like the name Star of Wars like character. the original model of the Barbie. That's just like a 2010 release. Stefano Conturi, internationally celebrated. Oh, he's a jewelry designer. So let me look up the Barbie. I believe it's a diamond Barbie. Oh, it's a diamond Barb. Oh. Oh, yeah. I'll go. It's, yeah, it's a Barbie with legit diamonds. I'll just put, She's I'll wearing go. a black dress. Yeah. I'll go. Barbie's pretty iconic. I'll go cool. Hundred thou? Happy one hundred K. Who next? Uh, me? Yeah. I'll go two point five mil. Jesus. Great gas, Mikey. Two point. Oh gosh, no. Oh jeez. <laughs> this, bl- this bling Barbie, I feel like a lot of she's lit. I wish we knew how many there were in the collection. Um, Probably one. It's one. <sighs> Not feeling good about my guess. It's one. He made one. <laughs> yeah, it was, I'm a, it was at an auction to raise money for breast cancer research. Two point four nine. Two point four nine. Oh God, it, why? <laughs> why? Every time, every game. Two point four nine. Over that, yeah. Just oh. sneaking under Mikey. Bubba, there might have to be a second question. No. Oh. And your winner, Pappy. What? what? <laughs> the Barbie was sold at auction for three hundred and two thousand five hundred dollars. Oh. I would have. I thought I was way off, especially when you said there's only one and it's diamonds. I was like, "Fuck." I I yeah, the, it's okay. So the Barbie isn't made completely out of diamonds. It's a really neat. I mean, as far as Barbie goes, it's pretty cool looking. She's wearing like a diamond, like a giant, like diamond necklace around her neck. Does she actually have a realistic body, or is that the premium version that you have to buy? Looks real to me. Okay. I mean, as far as Barbies go, wearing like a black dress. But anyway. Um, where do you want to go from here? Do you, do you have a movie lined up? Do you want me to kick it to Spoilers Man? Give it Spoilers Man. Take it away, Spoilers Man. Spoiler Man here. If you enjoyed what you heard today, subscribe on SoundCloud or iTunes. Our email is podcastspoilers at gmail.com. Twitter is at spoilers underscore pod. Our Instagram is podcast spoilers. It's lit. And welcome back. Winner Pappy has decided what movie he's going to pick for the next on spooky spoilers what do you got pap whoa well that's a back-to-back pap uh i'll go actually a fan request i'm pretty pumped that i was able to win uh ah, sorry what's i gotta look up his name real quick we have a fan afura no no no, no. that is one of our fans but we also have a fan uh oh wow more than one we have more than one fans what is his name god damn 
Can uh, I just t- hey, you go, look up yeah. his name, and I just want to say Afura, who that's his name on Instagram, and we're saying it completely wrong. Afuera. Yeah, we're really butchering it. But he also had some insights on the King Kong vs. Godzilla podcast that we just released. And uh, he thought it was really hilarious that Mikey just kept ripping on Godzilla's roar, which was great. Oh, has nobody else had that complaint before? It's just metal grinding on metal. <laughs> terrible noise. But I thought on the pod that King Kong could do the whole electricity thing just so that he could have like a power to like Godzilla has the power of fire breath. So King Kong needs the power of electricity. I don't know. But he said that the actual reason was that the original movie is Godzilla is going to be fighting a Frankenstein like monster with electricity. So like they already had the special effects kind of ready to go. (laughs) What? (laughs) Just have some dude named Bill walk around with a guy in a suit. (laughs) I love it, though, because on that pod, Stevie, you are just so adamant about bringing that part of... They really need to. <laughs> if they brought back Electric King Kong and like his theme song was like Thunderstruck or Lunatic Fringe every time he came onto screen, Lunatic I, Fringe. Would, I would literally go see that movie every day it's in theaters just to see it on the big screen. I'm all in on Electric King Kong. Bring that back. Okay. Right. We stole the show from Pappy long enough. Sorry, Pat. His name is Bahashuru Lakshan, and he's actually like a, a pretty hardcore fan of ours. He's uh, uh, been there for a while, and he, and he uh, I talked to him, and he, he really wanted to do the remake of the movie that I'm about to pick, but I don't, one, I don't feel right because the remake is two and a half hours long, uh, and we've been keeping him at like 90 minutes. Um but I will do the original, and maybe we might be able to get our, our friend Zach on the podcast, because I know it's Ooh. one of his favorite movies. It's 1977's Suspiria. Uh, for the spooky spoiler, uh, Suspiria. Suspiria. Spooky Suspiria spoilers. Does that movie have a theme song? Uh, I have no idea. I've never seen it. So, but oh, I, cool. I hope it's uh, kind of a semi-fan pick for you, uh, Bahushuru. So, there you go. Is that good enough for you, fan? <laughs> Jeez, Are you my happy? fan. <laughs> Jeez. We only do so much around here. It's giving really? away all our picks to fans nowadays. <clears throat> well, thank you for listening. I hope you tune in next time for the old version of Suspiria. Is that right, Pap? Yep, the old 1977 Suspiria. Old trusty Suspiria. And um, if you listen to this episode... And you haven't seen Chucky since you were five. I promise you it'll be a tad cathartic if you go back and watch it now. It's actually a pretty good movie. It's not as bad since, you know, when you were young. I can promise you. So, uh, thank you for listening. And uh, that was spoilers. Spooky spoilers! I'm Chucky. Wanna play? You believe me now? Yeah? But who's gonna believe me? That was spoilers.